Bringing you the best music from home studios across the world. This is Tatro Radio. What's going on, everybody? This is Tatro back with an all new episode of Tatro Radio. And if you don't know, Tatro Radio is the podcast where we feature home studio producers from all over the world, give them a platform, and then I take the time to kind of dissect the songs a little bit and give my two cents. If you don't already, be sure to subscribe to my channel, youtube.com slash Tatro, and find me on all other social media, including Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I've got a really good show for you this week, some really great tracks, um, and it's been a great week in general. I just got my hands on the Touche SE, or if you don't know, the Touche um, it formerly was this controller that could control synthesizers and be used as a MIDI controller. It sort of looks like a cylindrical hockey puck that is sensitive across four axes, right? So you can push it forward, pull it back left, right, but then you can also push down so it's pressure sensitive. And what you can do is as you play notes with your right hand, you sort of mess with this device in the left hand and it can sort of change the timbre of the sounds and using a plugin called Lie. I don't know, they're a French company, so it's L-I-E, but with an accent over the I. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. But I just uploaded a video with that, so if you haven't checked it out, be sure to go check it out now. Let's open the show with some music by a producer named Alex Rangel. This track is called Thoughts. Let's give it a listen.
Wow, awesome track, Alex. Thank you so much for submitting. So that was Thoughts by Alex Rangel. And if you don't know, make sure you go check out the description of the podcast so you can go to the links of all the artist tracks that are being featured in the show and show some love on their pages. So this track combines all my favorite things about electronic music and beats. You've got the organic world of an acoustic instrument. It's a string instrument. I don't know if it's a guitar or a ukulele. Definitely sounds like it has nylon strings. Then you've got, you know, typical beats, a really low sub bass, kick drum, side chaining, all that. And then to top it off, you have field recording. So it sounds like you've recorded maybe a family dinner or just a large gathering of people at a table. And that's so cool. I just think that combining field recordings with an otherwise normal beat just can transport you in a way that just having music can't really do. So this was a really cool beat and I was a little actually disappointed that it was so short. I really wanted it to keep going, but under th- under the three minute mark, I was thinking maybe could we get it to like 3.30, maybe like add a minute, a little less than a minute to really bring it home because I wanted more because it was so good. Um, yeah, the way you feature that acoustic instrument, I'm wondering if it's sampled or if you recorded it. If you recorded it, great job. I really love the way you've combined it. A lot of reversing going on in this track, and I think that's a really cool way to play with sound and make things more dynamic. One thing I will say is that in the intro, when things are just starting to build, it's at a decent volume, and then once sort of the kick drum and the bass come in, for me, the volume seemed to cut a little bit, and that might have to do with maybe over compressing or maybe the sidechain compression is a little too heavy so you might want to watch out on that dynamically and then also at the end I was saying that I want it to be longer because I really love the track but it also just sort of ends abruptly and maybe that's a stylistic choice which is totally fine I would have just liked to see maybe a little bit more of a gradual ending maybe even adding a layer three quarters of the way through so I think some like epic orchestral strings could really bring this to the next level. This almost sounds like it could be the soundtrack to something like an anime, but it definitely inspires something visual for sure. So great work, Alex. I really loved this track. Thanks for submitting. So really quick, if you listen to the last episode of the podcast, you know that I'm going to be adding Q&A to the show, and I'm going to be taking those questions from tatro.music at gmail.com, so feel free to email in your questions. I also might take a minute to discuss something I got in my comments section on the channel, and that's something I want to do right now. So Latticane Larry wrote in, and he really liked the most recent video with the Touche SE, and he was writing to ask if I could talk more about my process of selecting sounds and how I make them fit together. So Larry says, everything fits together so nicely and the layers go well with each other, which is something I tend to struggle with, especially when I go for songs with more tracks instead of kind of basic beats and that don't take hours to go through samples and presets. Um, I think that this is something that's always sort of come natural for me and I never really thought about it as like part of my skill set, but I'm finding more and more people mentioning it. Like how do you select what sounds you use? How do you get them to blend together? And the reason I think I never really thought of it that deeply is because I come from a more traditional like band background, either whether that was concert band in school or like playing in rock bands. You have a very typical orchestration at any level. You've got your bass instruments, you've got your sort of mid-level melodic harmonic instruments, your top lead instruments, and then you've got your percussion. 
And that's, I still carry that through and think about it that way in electronic music. So for the most recent session that I just did, I actually went ahead and started labeling things this way. So I believe that the session starts off with a bass line. So I label that right away, bass line. And that's pretty much the only bass instrument that I'm gonna have for the whole track. I don't want competing basses. After that, I add a couple riffs, and if you want your riffs to sort of be syncing in with each other, but also not cross over each other, you can think about what range are they playing in. So usually, if I'm gonna play a riff, it'll be sort of in a mid-range, kind of like not too low, but also not too high. And I'll kind of label that mid-lead. That's like your basic riff of the track, but it's not like an epic solo or anything. It kind of just lays the groundwork. So you have that playing something melodic with a bass line underneath, and then I'll add something like a pad, and that's something that I'm playing lots of notes at the same time, big chords that lay out the harmonics of the whole track. And that can sort of take up a lot of space too, so I kind of make that, those types of sounds are usually like pad sounds, they're not, they don't cover bass frequencies, they don't cover the super high end, but they sort of like sit in the middle and they're held super long, which gets them out of the way of the mid leads playing the riffs. Then on top of that, I'll probably, I add some percussion obviously, so some drums, and you wanna make sure your kick drum is not competing with your basses. So if you've got a sub bass, you don't need a sub kick really. You have to decide which one is gonna occupy that frequency. And then of course, like a lead on top. So your high lead, your epic solo, your the sound that you want right out front and center, the singer of your song, you want that to exist in a higher octave that kind of sits above everything else. And even EQ wise, you want it to sit differently than everything else. Sweep out some lows, brighten up the highs, and the listener will know that that's what they're supposed to be listening to because it's sitting right on top. That's sort of how I orchestrate my tracks. But let's get into another listener track. This track is by a producer named Axe, who is 59 from Ontario, Canada. The note about the track is, I was experimenting with delays, sinking in and out of phase in time, starting around two minutes into the song. So let's go ahead and listen to producer X. This track is called Phase. This is Tetra Radio.
All right, that was Phase by Axe. Wow, that put me in a little bit of a trance, I do have to say. At first I was like, all right, it's a house track, I feel it, I feel it. But when you get to that middle section and you do start playing around with the phase around the two minute mark, if you just sort of let your mind wander off and you just kind of feel that and you're listening with headphones so it's bouncing between your ears, it like is super entrancing. So like great work with that. I would love to hear more about what you're doing with the phase because it was really cool. What I liked about the opening of the track, it obviously gradually fades in, opens up, and then boom, four to the floor kick happens. And then what happens is you get clear clearly you have three sections at the beginning that are full out four to the floor kicks and it was cool because each time that section changed there was something new to listen to whether a new sound was added or the drum switched up and i will say that this track sounds a little dirty but dirty in a good way dirty in a way that it's like it's not like a sterile house track like the drums sound a little bit gritty the percussion sounds they all sound like they have some type of dirt on them which i think is really good i don't want pristine sounding electronic music and i really like that one percussion thing that i i didn't like but this is, might just be my taste is there's that second section in the beginning and i believe the ride goes to the four to the floor like so you have kick on four to the floor and then you have that ride symbol also doing four to the floor which is fine i'm just not that into it i think you could have done something a little more interesting or syncopated there but i think that's just like a typical thing for house music then you get the two minute mark section really start playing with the phase that sound starts like going in and out and it really entrances you i would say that what the phase does is it really ratchets up the tension over time but it's super subtle that a listener might not really notice it, especially on a first listen. So maybe you could add something to this section, maybe some washes, maybe one more sound that's really gonna help ratchet up the tension over that. Cause that section is about almost two minutes long. So you go from about the two minute mark to about the four minute mark till when another bass drum drops in. I would say add something else in there, ratchet up the tension a little bit. Um, Maybe make us feel a little more um, not excited because I guess you do want to go for that entrancing sound, but I don't know. Make me feel like the tension is rising somehow other than the phase. I think the phase does a good job of that, but a less experienced listener might not be attuned to that, especially somebody who doesn't understand audio production. And then the bass kicks back in, boom, and we're in it for the rest of the track. Overall, I think this was, this was a fun track. I know I faded out a little early. I like to keep the tracks around the five minute mark, but really love this track. Thank you for the submission, Axe. All right, let's take another question. This one is coming from email and it comes from Flynn. And what I have to say about Flynn is Flynn leaves a comment on almost every video, if not every video that I upload. So Flynn, I really appreciate you and everybody else out there that leaves comments on every videos. I've got one guy who will leave the comment first on every video, regardless of if he's first or not, so I think that that's hilarious. But Flynn's question is, Hi Tatro, I'm Flynn, a beginner in the whole electronic music scene. I have a MacBook Pro with Ableton Live Suite and I'm finding it difficult to decide what MIDI controller to buy. One side of me says get a medium desk sized keyboard, as then I won't have to get 
my mini keyboard, oh, my mini keyboard is too small. I need an upgrade and spend more money. So trying to avoid the starting small and then immediately wanting something bigger. And then also says could get a smallish MIDI keyboard because you can make beats on the go. But the problem with the small one is I won't have enough keys and will want to upgrade. I'm a huge fan of your channel. Thanks again. Again, Flynn, thank you. I really appreciate the support. You're there every time. So this is a question I get very often and it's a debate that a lot of people have when they're purchasing gear like MIDI controllers. So typical MIDI controllers come in 25 key, 49 key, 61 key, and then on the rare occasion, like Native Instruments just released, an 88 key. If you're a traditional piano player, you're gonna miss the keys. That's what I'll say. If your main instrument is piano, you're classically trained, you want something that's 88 keys. Or 61, maybe you could get away with it. If you're a beat maker, how often are you gonna be playing with two hands across a keyboard? My guess is, unless you're super trained on the keyboard, like I understand, sometimes I record songs and I want to play keyboard in my songs. I either want to play electric keyboard or piano. For that, I need to have both hands on the keys and I need access to a full range. So in that case, I need a 61 key or higher. I can usually get away with 61 keys. On my day-to-day -day beat making though, I don't really need something that big. 25 keys usually gets the job done. Right now I have a, a Novation Launch Key 49 on my desk and that is the perfect size for this desk because it's not too long and it gives me like an extended range. But that lives on my desk and doesn't go anywhere else. Then if you have a 61 key, it's too big. That might be something you're more thinking about for performance for like actually playing keyboard. But the 25 key, like all over my apartment, you can find a 25 key keyboard, like every room you go in. And that's a factor of the channel or whatever, but it's, it's just like so convenient, whether you're lying in bed, whether you're sitting at your desk or you're on the couch, no matter where you are, you can pull one of these out and you can just start playing. And there's octave up and down buttons. So you really have to think about how many times are you gonna be playing full two-handed keyboard? Is that something you're even going to be doing? Maybe eventually you'll do, but if it's hindering you getting started because the price points change, if the price of a larger keyboard is hindering you getting started and you could get your foot in the door with a smaller keyboard, go with the smaller one. I highly, highly recommend it, especially if you're new, especially if you don't have a lot of keyboard experience anyway. You're gonna be playing simple chords, which you can do on a 25 key with one hand. You're gonna be playing melodies and bass lines. You can do that with a 25 key controller. For me, I have very big hands and mini keys don't bother me. For some, they're a little bit of a bother. So you can get a full size 25 key controller, but then it kind of defeats the purpose of the portability. So I recommend if you're going to get 25 keys, just get a mini controller. Um, that way it's small enough to fit in a bag and it's only 25 keys anyway. That's my recommendation. You could do a lot with these mini ones. They, they've got pads, they've got knobs, they've got keys. I think you'll be fine with a mini keyboard. Unless, of course, you are a classically trained pianist. This is a question I get all the time, though, so thanks so much for asking it. All right, we need to move on and get to our final track of the show. This track is by Matt, Cien Matt Cienfo. Sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. He is 19 from Buenos Aires, Argentina, and this track is called La Puerta. Note about the track. So yesterday at the early morning, my friend sent me a short film that he was doing for the university. So I told him that I can do the soundtrack. 
The idea behind the soundtrack is to bring the audience some mystery vibes. Let's see if Matt nailed it with the mystery vibes. Let's listen to La Puerta.
All right, that was La Puerta by Matt Siafano, and definitely was a mysterious, creepy vibe, I would say, and I can definitely tell that this is for a scoring project. Film scoring is something I used to do a little bit more. I've scored like animations and corporate films, and I'm going to be getting back into it a little bit more, too. And it's just so much fun, so I really appreciate this track from that perspective. I loved the playing with the different um, creepy sort of percussion sounds that are almost like bugs crawling at your ears when you're listening to this. And definitely that pad slash lead sound, I'm not sure what we want to call it. It definitely has a mysterious vibe to it for sure. I do have some notes about the track, things that would change. I think what you have here is the bass line. Like you have all the parts, but now it's time to figure out how are you gonna loot how are you gonna use them. So especially with those like arpeggiated leads and stuff, like I loved when those came in, but they they never really became a feature of the track. Right now it seems like this track mostly is like an a background um, a bed of sound. It doesn't really have a theme to it. It doesn't really have a structure to it. it. It builds a little bit, but then the drums don't come in till almost the very end. And what you have to remember is like film is about drama. So the music needs to accompany that and also bring its own sense of drama and urgency too. So it's okay to not have that pad sound go through the whole track and eventually I think that kind of leads to some listener fatigue if that runs through because it is such a heavy sound it occupies a lot of lower and mid-range frequencies so on the ears it can be a little bit heavy what I would recommend is that's a great way to start your track have that go for the first minute or two and have those arpeggiated electronic sounds start coming in like there's one at the beginning that's super subtle it might be the same one but filtered out but it's sort of like a filtered lead sound that's arpeggiating and I really thought that that was going to become a prominent feature of the track and it really didn't. It kind of gotten eaten alive by that pad sound. I would have loved to hear that come to the fore and maybe drop out that pad sound, bring in the creepy percussion-y electronic sounds and then have that arpeggiated theme take hold and that would add a lot more drama. And then you have that brighter arpeggiated sound that's very like Stranger Things type vibes. That is also another worthwhile musical idea to just feature and have it be prominent. So I wouldn't get too caught up in having all the ideas happen at once or having too many ideas happening all at once. Give them the space they deserve. Let your theme be the theme and stand out strong. You could also repeat the same pattern that the pad is playing on a different instrument and that would be another way to add variety without coming up with a new musical idea. And I would have definitely brought the drums in sooner, um, especially if you want your listener to listen. I mean, of course, if you're scoring this to visuals and I don't have the visuals, maybe some of this feedback won't make sense. But to drive home a story, I think that that percussion really has to come in a little bit earlier or at least hints of it, you know, like there could be one or two kicks here, a kick pattern and then a more full pattern, something like that. But I definitely think the mysterious vibes, you've nailed mysterious vibes, that's for sure, even a little creepy on the edge of creepy. Um, so great work on that and I would just kind of work the arrangement now and figure out what exactly are your themes like think of the themes that you can sing from films that you like and what do they do with those themes what instruments are they played on how do they pass it off from one instrument to another how do they mess with the theme some some composers invert their themes or they'll play partial parts of their themes 
um, or they'll pass it between uh, ears. So you could do a lot with panning with this track too. A lot of those creepy percussion sounds and a lot of the arpeggiated sounds could be happening in different spaces. Play with space, play with the arrangement, and I think you could really bring this track to the next level. But overall, great work, Matt. So, like I said earlier, make sure you go check out the description of this podcast so that you can go show these producers some love on their specific sites and give them a like. Let them know you came from the Tatro Radio podcast so they can really hear the difference that we are making here on Tatro Radio. My goal is to give home studio producers a platform that they otherwise would not have had. As my channel started growing, like I realized how hard it was for me as a younger producer with not a lot of experience to get feedback and then to also get heard by other people. So as my audience started to grow, I figured why not start this podcast to give everybody around me a platform as well. If you haven't yet, give this podcast a rating wherever you listen to it. It is available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Music, Google. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, this podcast should be there. Leave a rating and let me know what you think. Make sure you head over to the main channel, youtube.com slash and subscribe for electronic music performances, tutorials, and free sound packs. There's lots of cool content coming for the rest of the year. Really hoping to hit that 50k subscriber mark by the end of the year. That would be absolutely amazing but who knows what could happen if you want to submit a question for next week's episode go to tatro.music at gmail.com shoot me an email that says podcast question and if you want to be on this podcast have your tracks featured you need to become a part of the tatro facebook community where we kind of share ideas as home studio producers we share work and that's how you find out when i'm going to be accepting submissions for the next episode which is very soon so be sure to send me a message on facebook say i want in the community and i will send you an invite thanks so much to community member jerry who is our voice of god on this podcast and thank you to alex matt and axe for submitting music this week and of course thank you for listening this has been tatro have a good one